Well, hello, everybody. This is Dr. Jim Hoven, Director of Operations at Ramos Law, and you are on the next episode of Ramos Law's Difference Makers. Today, we have a really special episode, and actually, it's an impromptu episode because we had it perfectly dialed in that my, my co-pilot here, David Silverman, and I were going to share all about what we knew, specifically what he knew about the PPP or uh, this, this big stimulus bill for entrepreneurs. And so we were going to go into payroll protection plan and all this stuff. And guess what? Starting this morning, as we were preparing for this podcast, and today is the 16th of April, uh, David called me and said, hey, Jim, guess what? Um, <laughs> we ran out of money. The, the government ran out of money in this program. So we're taking a left turn here. And so what you guys are going to hear for about the next half an hour or so is going to be information that he and I have gleaned over my 30 years and his going on 40 years of business ownership, clinical practice, working through uh, crisis situations in the past on leadership, specifically what leaders can do to help their companies pivot, to help their companies remain viable, and to walk their teams through what can be one of the most scary and uh, crazy times that, that we've ever seen. So first of all, David, welcome to the Ramos Law Difference Makers podcast, and I am so thankful to have you today. Thanks, Jim. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, and just as a quick follow-up to what you said, the yes, the payroll protection program is on hold for the moment. Uh, the government is debating whether uh, how to spend $250 billion more, and I'm sure that it will pass. Unfortunately, we don't know when, uh, but just sit and, uh, and hold tight. Uh, if you have already applied for your PPP loan, then you are in line and you more than likely, uh, well, I'll say that you may or may not have to reapply depending upon what, uh, uh, what the SBA comes out with uh, in, in the next several days because they continue to come out with more and more guidance as, uh, as this thing unfolds. Uh, so be optimistic, stay positive, and uh, with that as our starting point, Jim, let's start talking about how to guide through this program or how to guide through this crisis. That, that sounds good to me. And I, I tell you, as you and I were getting ready literally to go on air and do this when the news came down, I was so thankful that you had done all the study that you had because, I mean, we, we had really come up with a lot. And, and literally after talking with you, this thing's changing day by day. And so just know everybody listening that once the new guides are come out, we'll do another real time episode and we'll throw it out there the next day, just like this will be put out on, uh, you know, on our platform tomorrow so that people will be up to date. So uh, just know that we'll be there for you. Now, moving into leadership, David, in your 38 years practice as a lawyer, consultant, uh, business development guy, I would love for you to share, if you will, some of the, the basic leadership tenants, because I know I have some, but what would be some of the ones that you would say, even if it's maybe no more than three, uh, that people could, if they're in leadership, whether it's ownership or management, or even a, a key team leader that they might be able to use right now to help navigate where we're at? Okay, thanks, Jim. I'll tell you, I'm going to be contrarian. I've always been contrarian. I'm going to stay that way. The general rule, the myth, the easy cliche that everybody talks about is hope is not a strategy. I vehemently disagree with that. I've owned a business for 38 years, and without hope, I wouldn't be here right now. 
Now, hope isn't the only strategy, obviously, but it has to be an integral part of your strategy. You will talk about the numbers and the plans and all of those other contingencies, the objective things. But as a leader, you have to have hope because hope breeds optimism and hope breeds a positive attitude. And without optimism and without a positive attitude, your business can go nowhere. Just think for a moment about how you got to where you are right now, absent the crisis. The way that you went about building your business and the way that you began the structure of it and the dream that you followed through, uh, that, that you followed through, all came from a great positive can-do attitude. Okay? And, and there were times that you thought that the world was going to come to an end. And there were times when you never knew when the next dollar was coming for, coming from, but you always had some hope. You always maintained a positive attitude and you always had that perseverance and maintain that now in spite of everything that you may see around you, maintain that positive attitude. There's two things that I've always relied upon. Uh, and I believe that if you know how to do these two things that you are successful in life, you need to learn how to climb stairs and you need to learn how to wait in line. Why? Because to climb stairs, you need perseverance. And to wait in line, you need patience. And those are the two things that you need to have right now. Just learn how to climb those stairs because sooner or later, you're going to get to the top. Okay? And learn how to wait in line because sooner or later, you're going to get there. So learn the patience. You've done it before. Those are really the soft skills that you need to have and demonstrate now, not just to yourself and to your family, but to all of your employees. If they see you walking around with your head down, if they hear you on the phone and they see you on the Zoom with, you know, with, with uh, nothing but pessimism, then just close it up now and go home and don't waste anybody else's time and anybody else's money. But if see you, if they see you with drive, with persistence, with optimism, with a plan, they're going to stick around and your family is going to benefit from it. And so will you. That is my primary message. It's so important now. This is where it really matters. I love that. And David, I, if I can jump in right there, um, I'm a, that is a perfect segue between soft skills and hard skills. And I'm going to give you my top three soft skills that go along with what I love with hope being combined with learning to climb stairs. In other words, be persistent. That mixture, I think, is absolutely the winning formula. And here's what from a, a leadership to followership standpoint, if you will, in other words, the people that are working for you or alongside you, Here's what those folks need from a leader. There's three things. And I learned this a long time ago from a guy named John Maxwell, who's a leadership, kind of seen as a leadership guru, but I found it to be true in, my, in every leadership position I've been in. Here's what people want to know. They want to know, number one, do you care for me? And in times like this, there's never been a, a more critical or crucial time or a better opportunity to show that you care. And caring can come in so many ways, David. It can be uh, applying for the PPP program when it comes back because you want to keep those people employed. You want to get that money in their hands. You don't want them having to suffer in their family. But it also is 
talking to them as a person, calling them, checking in. Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? What's going on with you right now? Finding out emotionally how they're doing and being okay with the emotions that they have. It's funny because I was just listening with my wife to a, a podcast this morning. Every day, part of our morning routine of staying positive during all this is after our workout, we take 30 minutes and we listen to a podcast and it's not about coronavirus and it's not about doomsday stuff. It's literally about relationships, love, optimism, innovation, uh, creation, that we believe in those solutions and letting them implement. They know that we're out there to help them. So first, do we care? Second, can we help? And third, can I trust you? And that yeah, is those, a really, really big one. Those are really great points. In fact, that's a, a great segue into one of the things that, uh, that uh, one of the opportunities that's presented at this time. Yeah, I, I understand revenue isn't flowing between businesses, but as a business owner, just plow through all those papers on your desk and you'll come down to that to-do list that you made two years ago of all the things that you wanted to do when you were working on your business and not working in your business. So you weren't That's fight, so good. You weren't fighting fires every day. You weren't being, uh, you know, you weren't being distracted. And there, you know that there's 132 processes in your, in your business that could use uh, that could use improvement and who are the people that you should ask how those processes should be improved those are the people on the front lines those are the people that are actually work those people that jim was just just talking to now is a time to show all your employees how much they are valued more than just action it is more than just talk it's the action. Can you tell me how can the two of you who work on this process or the three of you or even the single person, how can we improve this? Go through your, your standard operating procedures. Get through your work standards. Look at your audit procedures. These are the times when, if you, when, when you can really build those processes and those parts of the business that you've been neglecting because you've been so busy running the business. So that it is awesome. It's an opportunity to be very, very strategic in that manner. Now, having said that, uh, and, and referring to strategic, right now there are some other things that you can do in, in terms of being tactical, now, if your business is in a position where you do have the opportunity now to proceed through that strategic portion and exercise that I just spoke about in whole or in part, and you still have that still have the time now to be tactical about what to do with your business and how to keep it surviving now, that's something that you'll need to absolutely pay attention to. There are strategic leaders and tactical leaders. And you'll need, you'll need both right now. Uh, I would think that given where we are here in Colorado, everybody should be thinking about their turnaround. Everyone should be making that strategic plan, which has to be very tactical in nature, which means you have to move quickly uh, and you have to make, you know, make certain decisions and pull the trigger on them uh, on how you're going to come out of this and where the plan is. And again, as Jim was talking about uh, uh, the employees 
those resources, tap those resources and start talking about uh, how you're going to come out of this. David, I think that's a, a brilliant point and it probably bears repeating. I've asked many people if they under, uh, understand the difference between strategic and tactical thinking and action. And surprisingly, a lot of people, even at the higher levels of a business, aren't really clear on that. And so my thought, just to kind of boil down what you said, is that the strategy are the things that we're going to do short-term, medium-term, long-term, the scope of action, if you will. And the tactics are the steps that take those there. And here would be my thoughts on the difference between strategy and action right now and what I'm calling here. Check this out. I'm calling it the COVID-19 era, the lost spring. <laughs> because there's just this whole spring is going to you know, I mean, it's it's the spring of winter, but it's it's really the lost spring. And so depending on, from my perspective, depending on the business type, like if your business is still open for business, for me, it's all about immediate tactic revenue generation and the immediate tactics of email acquisition, client contact. Those are the tactics that are going to keep your people that you're, that you're doing business with either connected to you socially and emotionally or literally. So if you sell, let's say example, you sell, um, uh, let's not even sell, let's say you do healthcare for a living and you can still keep your healthcare business open under these critical orders. Now, what can you do to keep in contact with the clients and gain potentially even new patients based on safety regs? How do you get to those people? And you should be doing that if you're that type of business every single day. Now, if you're a business that's been put on hold, the tactics are, how can I uh, communicate with my key suppliers, with my key people? How can I get these people still understanding I'm here? Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're innovating. Here's how we're changing, right? Get them engaged. And then the strategy is the innovation that we were just talking about. So when you do come through this, you're better and better and better. I don't know if you have any clarifying thoughts on strategy versus tactics or not uh, from that perspective. Uh, yeah, I, I think all, all those all those points are, are excellent. And there are some opportunities in the tactical areas. For example, now might be a good time to call some competitors. Uh, maybe there are some uh, there's some strategic alliances that can be formed. Uh, perhaps there is even some ultimate merger and acquisition opportunities that can be developed. Uh, you know, the, the people that you compete against and you, you, you hate and you don't like uh, because of the way, uh, because they're stealing business from you and the vice and vice versa is also true. Well, now all of a sudden you guys are in the same boat. And there may very well be some opportunities there. There could be some key employees at uh, your competition uh, that have been laid off or now they may want to uh, want to make a move. Uh, understand one of the shifts that no one's yet talked about with respect to the unemployment rate. We have gone from an employee market to an employer market literally overnight. So it's going to be harder to find jobs, which makes this an opportunity for you as a business owner to really make some some uh, some personnel changes and maybe even some changes in, in the benefits that are paid and make, it, uh, make your place the place to be. Also, in terms of tactics, tactics, let's get to some hard stuff, okay? You should be building a 13-week cash flow program Okay, cash in versus cash out. Okay, you've got to be able 
people to understand where your what money you really have coming in and what where that money can be deployed to. Okay, in the turnaround world, and and I am president of the Rocky Mountain chapter of the Turnaround Management Association. In the turnaround world, the first thing you do is put together a 13-week cash flow and see where your money is. That's the very hey, David. Not, that, not to interrupt you right there, but people, if they've never done that, can you give a few steps on exactly what that looks like or or how they could begin that process of creating that 13-week cash flow uh, projection? It is. It's beyond this scope. We'd have to do that probably in a, in a whole other uh, a whole other uh, uh, podcast. But the basis of it is: I have money coming in day one, and I have money coming in day set week one, week two, week three, week four. Okay, and money is going out week five, week six, week seven, week eight, and they got to match up. Okay, really, this is your cash flow statement. And and if you don't have a cash flow statement, you need one. Everybody should have a cash flow statement. It's one of the the pieces, one of the three pieces of the financial state of your financial statements: your income, profit, and loss statement, uh, your balance sheet, and then a cash flow statement. And that's essentially what a 13-week cash flow is. So you've got to look at that to see what it is. Just see who owes you money, when it's coming in, and then see who you owe money to. And when that's going out, and if that can, and if that can be controlled, which brings me to the next tactical thing that you need to do, you need to call your customers and you need to call your vendors. Okay? Everybody up and down the chain is in the same position, so the phone call is not uh, a demand for money necessarily, and it's not a please forgive me I can't pay you uh, message. It is a hi you doing can we i understand you owe me money or i understand i owe you money let's talk about the situation and let's figure out exactly where we all are and then we'll get back together again in a couple days or a couple hours or next week or whenever the appropriate time is in other words all these people you have to work together with okay this is no time to be making uh, to be making unreasonable demands upon people or for people to be making unreasonable demands upon you. Sure, it's going to happen, but that's not the way that that, uh, that the successful people are going to come out of this at, uh, at the very end. Uh, it's also one heck of an opportunity to build relationships. Okay? When, when you call your clients and your customers and you express empathy with them and understanding about uh, about getting paid, that's going to go miles and miles and miles for you down the road. Okay. And on the other side, it's it, when you call the vendors, the people that you owe money to, the way they treat you, think about that when it comes to the way you treat, you treat your customers. So it's really important to do this. And what, don't rely on the people in accounting to do this. It's not their job. Okay. Don't tell your bookkeeper to call all the vendors and say, I'm not paying anybody for 60 days. Get on the phone and call your counterpart. Okay. Cause your counterpart, you're the other owner is sitting in the same chair that you are. And that's who you can relate to. And that's who you should be building this, uh, building the relationship with right now. Okay. So that's, that's fantastic. One. Okay. Build the 13 week cash flow. Build a business plan. Okay. To match that 13 week program. Okay, take a look at your fixed cost and your variable costs. Okay, man, if you can dump all your variable costs, dump them. See which ones can you, you don't need now. See which ones can be replaced. 
Okay. Uh, and, and get rid of them now and then pick them up later on. If you've got fixed costs, let's talk about forget rent for a minute because we all know that, you're, you know, what, what the story is with rent is, but think about like lease payments. Okay. Uh, for your, uh, for your copier, for your equipment. Okay. You know, again, you're going to have to look at your, not again, we haven't talked about this yet. You have to look at your, your loan, your documents, look at your lease documents, look at your contracts and analyze what it is that is required under those contracts. When it comes to your lease agreement, rental agreement for your premises, look very carefully about what those terms are don't make a phone call to anybody that you owe money to until you have owes money to you until you have reviewed the operative agreement okay and that is and david i think i think that goes absolutely and i think um hate to jump in there but i want to make sure that people understand that two dots can be connected here one is understanding what what i like to call the letter of the law because every relationship that you have, especially in a business relationship, it has a letter of the law and it has a spirit of the law. And right now we have a better opportunity than, than I've ever seen. And I don't know about, you know, I've been in practice as a chiropractor or leading a business or owning a business or whatever. Now as an operations director for, for, like I said, 30 years, I've never seen a time like this. And even in times that weren't like this, I found some of the trickiest situations that my business had been in could get past where I was through what you just talked about, and that's relationship. And so by investing in the relationship, it created what I call a a positive balance in the bank account of trust and love. And that means if you and I are in relationship and every time we have an interaction, I'm trying to, to give something of value to you, to take care of you, to be respectful, I'm putting deposits into that, into that bank, that account. Then if I mess up or if I go through a hard time, that's a withdrawal. But if I always have a positive balance in there, we can usually get through stuff. And now the relationships that we've been putting these deposits in now is when the withdrawals are coming from relationships that we've had and to relationships that we have. So when it comes to these vendors, I really feel like the relationship along with the spirit of the law, which is your contract, your contract reading and your agreement reading, they go hand in hand because if we know what our options are, best and worst case, then we rely on the relationship. We'll always find, uh, not always, but almost always find a potentially great middle ground. Would you, have you seen that in your 38 years of practice? Oh, all, yeah, all the time. I mean, it's, it, most of the time, can't say all the time, but most of the time, the relationships will trump whatever is written in the agreement. Okay, and that's why it's so important that you communicate with your counterpart, uh, the the uh, the president, the CEO, wh- whoever that is, on the other side. That's the decision maker. Okay, you you, you don't want to use anybody below you. This is a time for leadership, active leadership, for you to take the reins and solve these problems because everybody's looking at you to solve these problems. Okay. One of the other things that made you successful is your ability to see around corners. Okay. You had the vision. You understand where you're going to go in a month, in a year, in two years, et cetera. You've got a vision. You're able to see around corners. And if you can't see, you figured out a way to look and then find it. You're going to have to do the same thing now. But again, turning this back to, circling back to tactics as opposed, which are more short term than strategy. 
therapy, which is more long-term, is you're going to have to develop a plan for, uh, for, uh, for some short-term uh, for some short-term issues, you should have, you got to look into the future and ask yourself, what is my plan if I have a 25% decrease in revenue, 50% decrease, 75% decrease, okay? What is the plan if I'm shut down for two weeks, four weeks, or eight weeks, okay? Those are, those are critical plans that you need to make, and you need to write all this down and i'm gonna jump into another area here in a moment okay you have no idea absolutely none how much you are learning right now you just don't even know the value of what you're going through uh i've been through these before not the pandemic but i've been through some really bad recessionary times i've been through some really bad personal business times times that I thought that the end was actually here. It wasn't coming. It was here. In fact, it was past. And I just may as well be dead. Okay, just <laughs> forget the whole thing. Okay. And when I came out of it, yeah, my life was changed forever. Uh, but the, 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 uh, the lessons that, that are learned through crisis are absolutely invaluable and you cannot possibly replace them. You can't learn them in a hundred years of education. And the only place you're going to learn them is here. So really sit down and really work through this and think about the end and know that when you come out of this in the end, in the end, what you may not come out of this for another year, that's fine, but you're going to come out. And when you do, you're going to look back at this and you are going to be so much more knowledgeable and you're going to feel so great about what you accomplished. And if you involve the, the, the key people that we talked about earlier in those accomplishments, in that process, you're going to have loyal employees and people who are fighting for this company forever and a day. So write down everything that you do. Keep a great journal of all your ideas of all your plans whether even those that aren't executed on that you say no this was a bad plan it doesn't matter it's the process that counts okay I'm, i've got a quote from winston churchill for you that i love that success failure is not final it's the courage to continue that counts okay you, what you're in now, like all business from start to finish is a process. It's not an event. So keep thinking of this as a process. What we're going through now is a process. And here in Colorado, we may be coming out of this in the next few weeks. I want to remind everybody that we are in the dead middle of the worst part of this, mid-April. This is what all of our healthcare experts have told us. So the, the, the pessimism that may be uh, permeating uh, our, uh, you know, our society at the moment is understandable, okay? but the curve is flattening. And here in Colorado, we have a, uh, a, an aggressive goal of April 26th that's going to be here before you know it. The one thing you don't want to have happen is to have the governor come out on April 27th and say, okay, we're going to start up now. And then here's how we're going to start up and you're caught flat footed because then you're going to look back 
I can say, what did I do with the last four, five, six, seven weeks? I had an opportunity to plan for this and I didn't. So so think about the end and work backwards. Absolutely. And I will say this, as you go along with that, um, the last few minutes, we, we spent the first part of the program talking about the soft skills, the next part about teams and strategies and tactics, now talking about planning. And I think it goes back to what we talked about at the, towards the beginning, which is now is the time to over-communicate with the key people. So we've talked about vendors, but boy, those key team members, as you're building those plans, as you're writing all the stuff down, as you're, you're learning stair climbing and waiting, right? As we're learning about those, those two things of being in line and climbing stairs for persistence and patience, it's really important to communicate that to others. Because sometimes as leaders, we get in our own head and man, we go deep and then we're thinking and we're processing and we're writing and we're creating, but there's a knowledge gap that goes from the author of this process, which is us, to the people that have to go out and execute it and that are looking for a leadership. Remember, they want to know, do you care? Can you help me? And can I trust you? And if, if we answer those questions, it's not enough to answer them once. I don't think, David, I think we've got to keep iterating and showing love to them throughout the process going, hey guys, here's where we're at. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're thinking. What, are your, what is your feedback? What are you seeing out there? So that we keep giving them the hope, like you said, I love this, we give them the hope to stay on the stairs with us and to stay in line with us. And when, once the doors do come back open, now we have a, a united front to really go kick it. Right. And, you know, we've been talking about communication to our employees. Uh, reach out to your colleagues. Reach out to other business owners. You know, peer support is just so important. If you are part of an executive peer group, then call those people, tap that, and tap that resource. If you are not part of an executive peer group, you should be, because if you find the right one, they are absolutely invaluable. Uh, You know, and one of the things that, and and I was part of one for for many, many years, Uh, and one of the things that that I was always taught was, was this, think about the end piece, ask yourself this question, how do I want to be remembered at the, at the end of this, how do I want to be remembered by, and then fill in the blank, by myself, by my employees, by my spouse, by my children? You think about all of, by my colleagues. And if you think about that and make that your guiding light, then you'll get to the end that you can vision. Your customers, your competitors, you know, how, what's your reputation? Because really, truly, that's all we end up with at the very end of this anyway, is, you know, who we are as people, what our characters and what our reputation is. And that's not defined by how much money we make. It's by how we treat each other, especially in these times of crisis. David, that's fantastic. And I know we're coming up on the, on the ceiling of time here, folks. And, and I want to just say once again, I you just dropped a gold bomb on us from my perspective with how we go about our business and defining, I would take one step further when you say identify those characteristics of the key things that you demonstrate. What do you want people to think or say about you or whatever? Write those things down and say, what do I need to do to exemplify that as both a a leader of the company, a person in a personal relationship, even as a competitor and when you start reaching out to those competitors and finding the common ground, that 
that's where I think you find the relationships and potential synergies, whether it's for mergers or for acquisitions or for new alliances that could literally change the course and direction of your business for the next two decades. So, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the incredible wisdom that you've shared on this. I, I do want to say that if I had one last tip for people as um, leaders in a company or company owners, it would be to employ as much empathy as you can and understanding that the, the teams that you work with, everyone's doing the best they can to survive. And if you breed that into your culture, a culture of empathy first and then work ethic behind that, that's going to get you through. So that would be my last piece of advice for folks. Do you have one final um, message of, of uh, wisdom and instruction that you can leave them? I do. I think you should all rebrand yourself and get yourself a new title. If you're CEO, you're not. If you're president, you're not. You are now the CMO, the Chief Morale Officer. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Do you have any great ways that you could um, think about people demonstrating morale to their to their folks or, or sharing love with them? In just the, in all the ways that we've talked, and I'll add one more. Lead off with humor. Make people Ooh. laugh. Send them a I joke. I love it. Send them a meme. <laughs> yes, you know, yes, that's fantastic. Just make everybody smile. Wow. Well, that is great. I'll tell you, um, for anybody uh, wondering how you might pull that off, just be yourself. And things that we've done at the law firm is we've had a lot more Friday afternoon happy hours where it's all on Zoom. We just had a birthday lunch yesterday for all the birthdays for those folks in uh, the month of April. And then we had our whole team show up for lunch and just you know, have a little sandwich and say hi for 10 minutes, but literally going using technology in order to stay connected and to stay real with each other and to stay vulnerable and to stay strong. It's, it's perfect. So David, this was an incredibly, incredibly valuable episode of the podcast. I'm sure people are going to listen to it and share it. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time today, given all the calls you get. How do people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you um, to ask a question about any of the things that you've talked about today? Uh, just call the office and ask to talk to me and, and they'll get me, get me over to you. Uh, and it doesn't just go for what we talked about today with respect to leadership, but if you've got questions about the, the payroll protection program and the, and the uh, uh, disaster loan, which has also taken a bit of a hit here, you know, I'll be more than happy to talk to people uh, uh, free of charge. It's, it, you know, this is, this is just the, the, the way to do this now. Uh, so feel free to give me a call. Uh, the, office over, the office number is uh, 303-733-6353. And if I don't answer, just leave a voicemail. It gets emailed to me and, uh, and I'll be sure to get back to you. Right on. David Silverman, superstar guest, superstar business development attorney. Thank you so much for joining me, my friend. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care, Jim. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.